Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Yo, and welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sam Yunin, and I have with me Cam. I want you to introduce yourself sure. and what you do, because you do a couple of the cool things. Yeah, I have a, I'm kind of a many-faceted person. Uh, my name is Cam Maitland. Uh, I am the film and content specialist at Hollywood Suite, uh, which, if you don't know, is a, a set of movie channels up here in Canada. If you don't know now, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's the classic movies. Yeah. If you're ever turning your dial and you find four channels in a row of classic movies, that is Hollywood Sweet. 70s, uh, 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. 2000s. Yes, yeah. and we will dip our toe into the further past now and again, uh, though that is not one of the specific <laughs> channels. Uh, on top of that, uh, I'm a filmmaker, and I also have a Canadian movies podcast called the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Nice. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a busy business card. Sure, yes. Uh, not all of it pays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did Hollywood Suite come into your life? It's kind of like a mix of things. Uh, I started doing a lot of social media content for them. Um, just in a time I got real bored once and started reviewing every movie I watched in little capsule reviews. Uh, I used to be a copywriter, so I kind of can write w- write little small things quickly. Uh, Hollywood Suite was looking for a little more content, so I started with them on that. Uh, they have a really, actually, great classic movies blog called uh, Hollywood Suite Connect. Mm-hmm. If you go to their website, there's about uh, five or seven bloggers. Kind yeah, of? yeah. There's a lot of experts. We're trying to like branch out. Yeah. We got a lot of interesting film people in Toronto, kind of talking about old movies and why they like them and people behind them. So I started off doing that, uh, writing for them. Uh, eventually. I also transitioned to doing on-camera stuff um, during award season. I started being their like awards expert. Uh, mm-hmm. We regularly do the Independent Spirit Awards, which can be a little tougher. They're a little bit of a weird one that takes research. Um, and then the BAFTA Awards for the last couple of years. Uh, so that's also kind of a weird one because there's yeah. British movies that you really have to dig up yeah. or realize you cannot watch because they're not out yet. Um, so yeah, I started doing that kind of awards commentary. Uh, then we have a lot of, even though we're an ad-free movie channel, there's always space between movies. So we started making more video content and slowly it just became a full-time job where my job is kind of contextualizing movies, uh, telling people why an old movie was important or what makes it kind of still worthwhile. Um, just researching stuff, kind of making these things rather than just classic stuff, like still like a living mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, and also just trying to, there's lots of movies that even I've never heard of, uh, on our site uh, and on our channels. So I'm often just trying to be like, <laughs> like li- literally, this is a synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes people have never heard of it, and I want to make sure that everybody kind of gets, connects with the movie that they would want to see. Film context is always interesting mm-hmm. because it's like sometimes we, we put a lot of emphasis when a movie comes out, and it's like, you got to see this, and then as it ages, oh it yeah. doesn't necessarily like, I guess that wasn't really that important after all. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And right. it's funny to like think back um, about what was a big deal Every once in a while, something will come along, and you're like, oh, yeah. We're, we're doing a lot of research based on certain years recently. And, y- and you'll look at a list and be like, oh, my God, yeah, that was the one, especially in, like, the 90s or 2000s when I was more conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, yeah, that movie was a big deal. And now I even struggle to remember what it is. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with uh, sometimes there's movies that are a huge deal, and you know, and you've heard of them. And you'll watch it and be like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what What was ever the appeal of it? And that's kind of what often takes picking of being like, at the time, what what mattered about this? And like, why? Sometimes the box office on some of these movies is wild. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Hollywood Suite, they cover uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, and there's others. But those, yeah. th- those eras especially, too, a lot of times people like... 
they have to make a conscious choice to go back to some of those oh, things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a definitely a different watch. Certain eras, weirdly, even the 90s, the 90s Oscar movies are all, like, long. Even long for today. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in our minds, we're like, yeah, movies are long. Like, but they these are, like, Marvel movie plus. I yeah. mean, we're just, uh, we're doing... Um, once Upon a Time in America, which is three hours and 40 minutes long. Solid movie, though. <laughs> yeah, solid movie, but, like, <laughs> man, people are not ready for a third. That was probably, like, three VHS tapes yeah. back in the day. <laughs> like, people aren't ready for that. That is, that is like, an hour longer than Titanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mind is not ready for that kind of length. Yeah. So, yeah, often just, like, how it breathes, how the pacing is. But then at the same time, every once in a while, you find one that is, like, shockingly modern. Um, feels exactly, like, as good as it was then as it is now. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I also really enjoy part of my job is the movies that sometimes I think aren't considered classics or even were in its day considered bad. And whether or not you think it's good or bad, quite often that's a movie that still means something to somebody. Uh, we just got compliments about – there's a sequel to American Graffiti, which I did not know existed until oh, okay. we started showing it, <laughs> yeah. called More American Graffiti. <laughs> yeah. uh, not a great title. <laughs> yes. um, but, yeah, it's, it was a weird one where we had a customer reach out and be like, I'm – like thanks a lot for showing that it's it's a movie that like meant a lot to me when I was young, and it's yeah it didn't get very good reviews in the day, and I think it kind of just fell out of the radar. Same cast, Lucas. Same cast, pretty much. Yeah, Dreyfus doesn't come back, but okay. it's still uh, Lucas oversaw it. Uh, I believe some of the same screenwriter came back, but otherwise whole same cast. Wow, okay. and it's continuing the stories of all those characters further in the era. So like one of them's in Vietnam. Uh, it's kind of like them as dealing with a little bit more of like middle-aged malaise Mm -hmm. um which is interesting i think weirdly it wasn't that popular because it's a real bummer (laughs) like the other one's like fun high school and this is like oh yeah your 20s and 30s are real and especially like i think the er late 60s early 70s were miserable (laughs) so uh yeah but it's that kind of movie that really kind of excites me because you find out that somebody you know people see movies all the time i when i was a kid i saw super mario brothers twice in the theater (laughs) and i thought it was amazing yeah i'm sure yeah that probably has like five percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah not a good movie what was your first movie it wasn't that was it no no um you know what when I try to think of like way back when movies I remember my dad took us to a big bunch of three stooges shorts (laughs) weirdly I'm not that big a stooges guy because you meet people who are like deep into it but that's like an early movie memory I grew up in Edmonton and we have like they did a very good job of preserving their historic theaters there so I just remember going to like this old beautiful movie house called The Princess and yeah, showing old, weird Three Stooges shorts. My dad's a big comedy guy, so I remember a lot of yeah, a lot of that, a lot of Monty Python movies and TV stuff like that. That's kind of early memories. But it's also always gets confused because in the '80s when I grew up, there was re-releases of a lot of stuff. That was like a big money maker. So mm-hmm. I remember like I remember going to Bambi in the theaters because yeah. it got like re-released in theaters. So yeah, it's always a very confusing. I don't have the greatest memory, weirdly, for a guy whose job is thinking about old movies. That's fair, so, yeah. yeah. One of my first ones was Superman 2. Oh, wow. So I started off with a bang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because you guys are also showing, like, you're celebrating the 40th anniversary of Superman. Yes. Um, which is crazy that movie's been around since, <laughs> like... I know, right? It's also crazy because the legacy of it is still so strong. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we've been talking about it a lot lately, and it's one that it still seems like it is the Superman one, right? Like, mm-hmm. we since that movie came out, there's been... At least two good versions of Batman, yeah. if not like four or five, yeah. like pretty solid different kinds of Batman. And Superman, as much as they try, it's like that that 78 one is still the one. And I think even the ones that are pretty good 
are just trying to continue that that the legacy of that movie. And it's the theme song too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, I guess it's the same as the the Burton Batman song. Mm-hmm. It's like every time you see Batman and you don't hear that song, you're like, you just play the song. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me what I want. I just I just want that Williams song with Superman, and I want that Danny Elfman song with Batman. Because I knew you were coming in. We we're going to talk about the old school Superman. I want yeah. to. Uh, it never occurred to me like who they actually would have considered casting. Oh my gosh, it's crazy, right? Yeah, and I was looking. The, li- <laughs> the list is ridiculous. The list is ridiculous because they considered everybody, and they're all cool. Yeah, uh, they had Burt Reynolds. They, au- they <laughs> auditioned him with Awful. the mustache. <laughs> that that would have been bad. Uh, cocky Superman. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger both considered yeah. it. Yeah. The muscles I get, but like. I mean. Uh, almost Schwarzenegger over Stallone, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, because he's got the uh, the accent, right? So Superman's yes. a foreigner, so I yeah. guess that kind of works, right? Yeah, like, and I <laughs> guess, I mean, I guess you have to remember that it was, like, uh, Rocky-era Stallone. So at least Stallone had, he was, like, the more dramatic chop. Yeah. Not quite first, or, like, I guess Rambo too. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Not quite that weird level, but he got far, too. Apparently he was, like, real deep, because a lot of people say that, it was going to be directed by Norman Jewison and starring him, but both of them dropped out to do this movie Fist, which people oh. the der- trucker one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. A it was like union. initial, like F-I-S-T, yes, right? With yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and interestingly, it sounds like, yeah, if that movie hadn't have existed, the two of them might have done Superman. There is a bizarro universe with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of bizarro universe, Neil Diamond? <laughs> yes. I think Neil Diamond maybe petitioned hard for the role. It's funny because you read a lot of recollections of this and nobody believes that Neil Diamond... <laughs> but Neil Diamond is like, I auditioned for Superman. He, he was an actor at the time. He had a couple roles. Yeah, uh, he's great at the music stuff. I like the yeah, Diamond. I've sure. seen him live a couple of times. He's All solid. Right. <laughs> but I don't but know about Superman. Superman. No, no, not Superman no, solid. No. Like, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting choice. I mean, you uh, the crazy one is muhammad ali right Jim? yeah that? and that also sounds like he got pretty far but again well his personality is a little over the top but yeah like he kind of makes more sense yeah it doesn't it's not that bad it's no. not that off but yeah. like it, but it's also a great the weird thing is is you always it's interesting that the trend stretches that far back that you always hear that superhero movies almost cast a person of color mm-hmm. and then dodged last minute. Yeah. Because I always remember Will Smith got very close to being Captain America in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And I think he turned that down. But yeah, it's always very weird because it's like, can you imagine? Like, just even if it's just the same movie with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Like, what would th- that would have done so much for like representation on screen? But I mean, Muhammad Ali and actually Will Smith, they kind of fit in that category where they're like, they're almost universally accepted. Michael Jordan's yeah. the same way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't think there would have been an the issue. Backlash. Because it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, Muhammad Ali is like the real life Superman. So, how yeah. can you be mad? It's some. It feels like someone like Denzel is like still considered black. I don't know. Yeah, that, that yeah, makes yeah sense. I know you. you no, know no, I know what you mean. I, there, there is something about that. I actually wrote a, an interesting thing about Will Smith where he he transcends. He transcends, but he also seems to distance himself from. I think now he's getting a little more into it, but I think for a while he hasn't worked as much with black directors. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done as many movies about being black Mm -hmm. which is i think a choice because it definitely got him much more mainstream success and i think it allowed him to actually tell stories that it there's something about it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter that the man in black is a black guy yeah uh but yeah but there is something of denzel i think leaned in you know he's malcolm x Mm -hmm. he worked with all uh, plenty of black directors and i think that there yeah something about that i don't know but anyway who knows what Richard Donner and Muhammad Ali would have done? That's we'll uh, never know. Yeah, and then a couple more other ones. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, audition. Mm-hmm. 
he kind of had, I guess, the physique for a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't I th- know about the acting. I th- yeah, I don't know about the acting at all. <laughs> yeah. But I think at the same time, that's also the Muhammad Ali thing, where yeah. at the time, big superstar, right, mm-hmm. on everything, on all, every TV show. But yeah, I don't think I've ever seen acting. <laughs> yeah, and then the usual suspects, Christopher Walken, who was big mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a very dark Superman. I thought Nicolas yeah. Cage a couple yeah. years later was weird. But <laughs> also Christopher weird, yes. Christopher Walken would have been super dark. Like. Yeah, I don't even... An interesting looking one, too. Mm-hmm. They, they actually, like, a big thing about Christopher Reeve was he was very skinny as well, and he had to gain all this weight, but it's hard to ima- imagine jacked mm-hmm. <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> like, any of these guys would have gotten jacked, too, because yeah. that was, like, a big part of it. And he gained something like 100 pounds, so imagine... Uh, Imagine a jacked walking. What yeah. would we have got in eighties? <laughs> That's really intimidating. Walk-in. Yeah, <laughs> terrifying. W- what is it about Superman, or what is it about Christopher Reeve that stands out to you? Because he's still like he yeah. was completely like typecast after that. Like, oh yeah. No matter what he chose to do, everyone's like, "Are you gonna like? We have to send you a car to the set, or can you just fly over?" Yeah. Like? Oh, I think it's, I think it's like the weird otherworldliness. Um, I think he really got that both Superman and Clark Kent are a strange character mm-hmm. like uh i also think that the it's something about the movie where they it's interesting to me because i think my one like lesson i would say about the old superman movie is it was like the original gritty reboot mm-hmm. the superman character at the time was kind of still in the bronze era sort of goofy you know elastic lad jimmy olsen stuff and this was what they thought they were they were trying to ground the character so everything around him is super, you know, smoking cigarettes. It's that gritty 70s stuff. Yeah. But he's still the guy from the serials in the 30s. He's still this weird character, both as Clark Kent and Superman. And that's kind of supposed to be this thing where it's like the shining beacon. But I think he's so different than everyone else in it that that really sets him apart. I also think what makes him so good is the difference between Clark Kent and Superman. That's something that I think Henry Cavill modernly does a pretty good job, especially as Superman, but I think his Clark Kent is like nothing. Mm-hmm. There's almost no difference. He, he's kind of made a character where the alien is the guy, but uh, I think that Christopher Reeve really got that secret identity idea. And the, the which maybe was more in the comics at the time, but the fact that his bumbling is kind of him in disguise doing stuff, mm-hmm. that's kind of Superman's trick, is if he's this doofus Nobody well, suspects he's Superman. It's similar to like Batman's Playboy, even though yeah. he doesn't really sleep around or doesn't really talk to girls. Yeah, it's got just that reputation. Of yeah, and that covers up your weird, like Bruce Wayne covers up the fact that he's spending millions of dollars on bad yeah. stuff. He couldn't be a superhero. He's spending time with models. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That makes sense. <laughs> he obviously gave a model a million dollars, not bought a laser or like yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, and Superman in the same way is like, oh, that because that guy <laughs> fell over, <laughs> lasers didn't come out of his eyes yeah. and blow something up. <laughs> Like, that makes sense. Yeah, because he's an that. idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that that's – it's almost more the Clark Kent, I think, that also typecast him. Though it's funny because he's so funny. Mm-hmm. And he got a few good comedic roles later. But, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I think he does a great job. And especially when you hear – I mean, it also has every good actor of the era. I think most of those guys probably weren't interested in Superman. You're like Robert Redford's and Dustin Hoffman's. Mm-hmm. But, like – if he beat out all these people, and if he really Donner seemed very specific too, it seemed like he auditioned like a hundred people or something. They say, and uh, so you can see some of the screen tests. And yeah, I- if he beat everybody, and he didn't look right, it's the usual like Michael Keaton Batman thing, I guess. That means that he obviously had something that no, <laughs> like literally nobody else had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And what you mentioned other actors, like Gene Hackman, for example, is in it. He was a big deal, too, back yeah. in the day. Uh, how did you find his Lex Luthor? I like it, actually. That's a, uh, probably a surprise to me going back, because I, I think that just about every iteration of Lex Luthor is pretty good. I struggle to remember the Lois and Clark one, oh, which yeah. was like my childhood one, but I seem to remember that guy was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like the guy on Smallville's good. Uh, Kevin Spacey, Spacey was good. good yeah. uh, I don't mind Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, m- maybe I'm too, it's a little too modern for me to fully get, but he's doing something. Yeah. And I think actually Jesse Eisenberg is again, like I think the good stuff is inspired by this one because I think he really gets the fun that Gene Hackman is having. It's weird because it seems like Gene Hackman didn't super love it. He kind of did the Jack Nicholson thing where he took a crazy payday. I think he was briefly the highest paid actor for... Oh, actually, that was Brando. Sorry. Yeah. Brando was your highest paid actor. Yeah, for his 10 minutes there. Yeah, yeah, 10 minutes. I'll just put the baby in the thing. I'm out. Give me my million dollars. (laughs) That that part is wild (laughs) because that could have been almost anybody. But no, Hackman is very good. And he's very good at balancing the menace and the funny because he's just... He's basically being goofy, Mm -hmm. but he is cold-blooded murdering people constantly which is wild and weirdly the dynamic because i think in my head before rewatch the dynamic between him and his like uh, doofus sidekick otis and his like (laughs) sexy lady sidekick i always thought that that was dumb i'm like why do they have that but i kind of enjoy it because i forgot that there's like turns that the lady is actually pretty nice um and yeah, Otis is just funny because it's like, yeah, everybody would hate Lex Luthor because he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the one guy he can find is a total idiot. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked him. Gene Hackman is really giving a performance, which I think you could you could probably phone it in if you're Gene Hackman in 1978, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't need to try. But he, he really gets something about the character. And not I, – like, I think that they've changed the character a lot since that era. But it's interesting that he is playing Lex Luthor of – that era, which is kind of a tough character because it's just a guy who schemes and does a thing and fails. Yeah, but, but he's he got those awful suits, though. They yes. kind of use car salesman type suits. And I love because um, he, he refused to shave his head, really, except for like one sequence. And so they just give him these wacky toupees. But it, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is like he has this weird lair, but it kind of works because he's really full of himself. So he has this weird, beautiful lair and all those weird suits. He's like a, he like obviously thinks he's fashionable and good looking, mm-hmm. but I think that that also is Gene Hackman understanding that he looks stupid, yes, like that. <laughs> which is I, I always tip my hat to actors because it's like you got to be in the public eye a lot, and I think it's always tough. So it's like for you to admit what is silly about yourself, and, and for him to admit he didn't want to shave his head, but he was admitting that he was bald. Yes, <laughs> like he's admitting that even even without shaving my head, I am basically a bald guy. You kind of you touched upon like Jack Nicholson joke, and I have I feel like Jack was the same way. He was like, "You want me to wear mm-hmm. this suit? You want me to do this?" Like, what do you? This looks dumb. Yeah, right. But but I think also found something in the care, like eventually figured it out. Mm-hmm. And you hear weirdly that Nicholson was super obsessed with. It. He tried to like petition to be the Joker again in Nolan's movies because he, like, I think he really did the work. I think those guys are all like such method people that I think sometimes that character sticks with them a lot. And you hear that, um, I, I watched a lot of, we're just doing the 40th anniversary on Hollywood Suite, like that's, we're focusing on the first movie, but I watched the rest just to be like holistic. And I was watching a lot of press on the fourth one. And it, it was, was an interesting so one. You know what? I will say that watching them all in a row, it's not as, it, d- okay. it does not steeply go off as much as we remember. All right. But, um, bringing everyone back was very interesting and the one thing that everyone kind of said is they didn't 
push come to shove, even if they didn't super love it, they just didn't want somebody else playing the character. Like, they still felt like they had created those characters, those versions of it, and they were, like, excited to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you mostly get this in the press tour because Margot Kidder says whatever the heck she wants. Yeah. She does not care. Uh, so, yeah, it was very interesting because I'm, I'm sure that Gene Hackman felt the same way. Like, he found a thing in Lex Luthor and he loved doing it. So what's cool is uh, Hollywood Suite will be having a free preview if everyone can tune in uh, December 1st uh, to January 5th. Mm-hmm. And more than just Superman, because yes. as I said, there's 60, 70, 80, <laughs> yeah, 90. True. There's some Hitchcock stuff, too. Yes. This is really cool. Yeah. I haven't seen some of this stuff for a little while. What are some of the Hitchcock movies that are going to be... Uh, well, we have quite a few. Uh, during our... He made a lot, too, so yes, I know yes, that was a loaded true. question. I, I will say, no, it's not It's not super loaded, because I can say we have a pretty specific era. We're mostly in the Hollywood era. We have Psycho, uh, The Birds, North by Northwest. That's a ca- classic. That's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, we, like, so Psycho and The Birds are like our horror ones. Though We actually... Oh, okay, get to the last one. But uh, Psycho and The Birds... Uh, we have North by Northwest and To Catch a Thief for like more kind of fun Cary Grant mm-hmm. ones. Uh, we have Marnie, which is you're like kind of s- this is when he's getting a little darker. And then we have Frenzy, which is, I think is one that a lot of people haven't seen, and that's where he really tips over into um, like modern horror. He there's nudity, there's mm-hmm. it's pretty violent. Like at the time, it was considered very violent, and it's yeah, it's kind of a slasher movie, which is unusual. Uh, but a lot of people consider that his last good one because people didn't like family plot which is we don't have so hey whatever yeah. you um, don't consider psycho i guess a slasher as yeah well, i mean or to be like fair yes that absolutely invented it and and it's i mean the poor woman in the shower yes, by the way. yes. <laughs> i think something frenzy is a strangler um and something about that just is like more off-putting um because Especially in Hitchcock's hands. Oh, yes. Right. And it's very disturbingly shot. It's very cool. I actually like Frenzy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are pairing it with some fun stuff. We have hang- High Anxiety, Mel Brooks' parody of yeah. Hitchcock. And we also have a documentary called uh, 7852, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Uh, and it's about the shower scene inside. Yeah, I've seen that. It's oh, a it's really great, solid right? doc. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's also a really fascinating deep dive into what it took to create that sequence and also Hitchcock's mentality because he's a great guy talking about his own stuff. Yeah. I think the 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 shower scene especially like that documentary reveals just like how intricate it was. Yeah. Right? Cuz so, again like like you said you guys are covering movies from 60s and 70s and 80s mm-hmm. and sometimes you forget that there was craftsmen like Hitchcock oh, who yeah. were doing like elaborate shots and things like that. Oh yeah. Uh, sometimes it feels like the old school stuff because it didn't have CGI and stuff, yes. right? So you had to shoot everything on set sometimes. And yeah, like and that one, I mean, was like treading a very thin line because, uh, like, I mean, I guess I'm saying Frenzy is so violent, but for its time, Psycho was super violent and also super racy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's famous for being the first movie to really show a toilet, which is oh. crazy. <laughs> that was like the big controversy. Wow, is it okay. Showed a toilet. Okay, I thought the shower scene was yeah, over the top, but no. the toilet now. I'm yeah, like, oh, okay. and I mean that's a, a big thing everyone says is like he edited the shower scene so specifically that everyone thought you saw this woman completely nude mm-hmm. and thought that you saw her being stabbed and you don't see either mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, it's just like a psychological trick. But yeah, people were very up in arms about the toilet, and that was like the thing he had to fight the most about, right. which is bizarre. But uh, he broke new ground. Okay, good for him. <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of breaking new ground, uh, you also have Austin Powers. Yes, and that's one I went back to this week, and it holds up, man. It does, yeah. It holds up really well. I forgot. I guess part of me was just worried because I guess the b- first in my mind was Gold Member because it's the last one I guess I saw. But man, yeah, International Man of Mystery, just so solid, mm-hmm. so funny, still lots of good laughs, and also 
in my head, I was kind of like, Ugh, is this going to be, you know, we're, we talked about shifting context. Is this going to be creepy? Is this going to be weirdly problematic? And it's not. It's like, uh, luckily, it was on the right side of thinking. Yeah. Where it's like, the joke is that this character is a weird perv. Yeah. And nobody likes it. And him. he's just obtuse, too. Like, he doesn't yes. get it. So even if time's changed, yeah. he hasn't. So No, and it, yeah, it never made sense. He's much more like a weird, surreal character. His, his sex stuff doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so and that's what's funny about yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Uh, we have that one and uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Those are the so good you ones, yeah. Get your, yeah, true. And I mean, like, to go full circle back to Superman, like, sure. we were just talking about context as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, what are some of the movies you think that will end up on, like, Hollywood Suite, like, years from now, like, that'll be revered <sighs> in the same way? That, like, what will have a big 40th anniversary or 50th anniversary? You know what? It's always fascinating. One we're, like, bringing on right now, which I'm is, yeah, obvious, is Twilight that's coming on on the free preview. So it's like, yeah, you're right. That is, it was a big phenomena. It was a big cultural crossover. But every once in a while, something already seems like you have forgotten its impact too. We're uh, debuting. I don't know if we're debuting or we just have all suddenly of the Hangover movies. Mm-hmm. And that's one where it's like, uh, that was yeah. a huge cultural. It was huge, and it's a big shift because we're talking about like this year, Bradley Cooper might get an Oscar probably, mm-hmm. and this is a guy who we hadn't. He was a struggling actor for like decades mm-hmm. until the Hangover. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy to think that the guy from The Hangover is going <laughs> to get an Oscar. And also it took him that dumb movie mm-hmm. to move up from, you know, the the second guy on Alias who eventually <laughs> left Alias. Yeah. You know? Like the guy who couldn't even hack it on Alias. Yeah, it's, it's a... And that it, was our movie, too, which is yeah. like rare for comedy to kind of oh, yeah. like pull in that kind of money and have that kind of impact. Yeah, I, I mean, on the way here, we were talking about Austin Powers and uh, there's something to think that comedy kind of comes and goes too and that 97 was like a huge year for the return of comedy kind of even if you think of mike myers it's like uh wayne's world was the early 90s and Mm -hmm. then it's like nothing (laughs) and then suddenly in 97 it's mike myers again and that kind of proved that mike myers was a thing not just wayne's world or i mean i guess i love so i married an axe murderer <laughs> yeah, that's a nice little hidden gem there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that one, yeah, it, it is a hidden gem for a reason because I don't think anybody went to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's always interesting how much stuff changes and people go away and come back, and you're always kind of finding something new. So sometimes I think you don't understand the impact of a movie. There's something like um, Titanic, for instance. We have had Titanic before. Um, it seems like it's like, do you think a kid watches Titanic? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe I guess the Twilights just do it now. Yeah. Like maybe the Harry Potter stuff now? I don't even... Yeah, Harry Potter for sure. I think Harry Potter is probably going to live for eternity. I don't know if the movies are going to live for eternity. I yeah. can see that being remade. problem with effects-based stuff is sometimes that doesn't last. But yeah, it's very weird to think what people watch. And especially in streaming. Like, that's a great thing that we have is movies just go away. Like, old movies just aren't on streaming. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. But even early 2000s sometimes yeah. isn't on streaming right and that's wild like so generations of people who just rely on netflix to get what they want are missing out on all of these decades of movies whether it's the fanciest oscar win, like a best yeah. picture 
sometimes uh and then or on the other hand just a dumb john candy movie yeah. it's not gonna be there well you also mentioned like bradley cooper just was mm. struggling for years and like i remember as a kid i used to watch a team oh, and then sure. as i got older and started watching like proper movies and stuff then you say yeah. george papard was in like these classic movies oh yeah and he was a real and you're like what hannibal's like yeah right and you you sometimes forget like oh, these yeah. guys had a career or whatever before you came along yeah absolutely and sometimes these guys are had something amazing. I, I would also say that sometimes I'm finding somebody who you loved in like a 30s movie when they're real old mm-hmm. had like a second coming. I, I mean, we just uh, we have a Smokey and the Bandit, and that's Jackie Gleason kind of making a weird 80s comeback. But then during the free preview, actually, we have this movie uh, called Harry and Tonto, which is Art Carney, the other guy from The Honeymooners, yes. and he won an Oscar for it. What? And it's like, <laughs> you're telling me the guy from The Honeymooners has an Oscar? Like, and he beat out Al Pacino and Get like, Dustin here. Hoffman. Oh, yeah, man. he beat out Al Pacino in Godfather 2 and Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. How? Those <laughs> yes. are good ones. Those are, those are considered classic. Uh, yeah. And I mean, this movie's great. It's called Harry and Tonto, and it's like about an old man kind of figuring out the 70s. But yeah, it's like that kind of weird thing where it's like, number one, I never would have thought that the guy from The Honeymooners had an Oscar. And number two, it's like I never, yeah, I never would have heard of this movie or this crazy Oscar year where obviously, you know, people like you and me would have been tearing out <laughs> our hair and yeah. losing our minds yeah, I know. as this guy walks away with an Oscar. All free social media, so you had nowhere yeah. to put the rage. You oh, just had man. to, like, push it down like Twitter would have blown <laughs> up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the thing, too, I like uh, when you have these free previews, is it, is it um, sometimes when you're like, especially over the Christmas break, when you're yeah. kind of lazy and you don't want to watch any Christmas oh, yeah. movies, you'll flip by and you'll see Superman or something and you're like, oh, yeah. And yeah. so you end up watching it because there's movies that people have that are like if they find it on TV randomly, oh, yeah. they'll lose it the next two hours or whatever's left of it. Totally. I definitely like always recommend that. That's a thing about cable that's nice because there's a psychological name for it that I always lose. But when you're sitting with too many choices... You're, like, paralyzed with fear sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think especially w- if you're, like, with the family, it's always, like, tough. And that's the super nice thing about having four channels is I can usually say, like, just turn it on and check the four channels. And there's probably something that people can agree on. You know, we try to program all kinds of stuff. So usually when you turn it on, there'll be maybe a more family-oriented one, maybe a bit of a darker one on another yeah. channel. I mean, obviously, the 70s only gets so family-oriented. Yeah, that was uh, a dark decade, It was man. a dark decade. <laughs> yeah, And the family stuff was, stuff, like, yeah. apple dumpling gang <laughs> things that nobody wants to watch. Um, but, yeah, no, it's – it's so there's something about cable. And you're absolutely right. Like, it's going to be Christmas. Die Hard, right? Like, that's a movie that if you just see it. Yeah. And you don't – the classic ones, you don't need to start at the start. <laughs> you just drop in when you drop in. And you finish it off. And I, I actually feel that way of, like, Die Hard, Gremlins, a lot of those Christmas ones, Scrooged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if my family's around, we just <laughs> watch a Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll watch the last 45 minutes of Ghostbusters <laughs> together. Whatever. Yeah. And I find, too, that that's what we're kind of missing is these kind of, like, channels. Because like, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, TBS would run these James Bond marathons oh, yeah. and things like that. And so it kind of got baked into the culture a little bit yeah. more. And some of the slang, some of the phrases, the way we would talk to each other was picked up a lot more. Yeah. I find that sometimes with some of the stuff like on Netflix now is like Stranger Things and stuff. It's yeah. kind of like hit and miss. And then it's like people just watch it and then they go on. It doesn't yeah. seep into the culture. It's absolutely weird. And I mean, as somebody, especially as somebody who does movie stuff on social media, it's interesting how quickly those movies come and go. And then also, like, I, I talk about, I, I go around doing movie expert stuff all over the place. And, I you know, part of that is knowing what's the new thing on Netflix. And it's also crazy how often something great happens that nobody talks about. 
Whereas, yeah, if you knew, for instance, yeah, James Bond marathon. I remember there used to be big Friday the Thirteenth marathon. Yeah, those are great. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I've seen all of those a million times because they just used to be playing on a loop on TV. But yeah, that's how, and especially I guess we're of an age where that's how I discovered a lot of movies, right? You think of like the old, they don't do it anymore, but that old Drambuie showcase review on mm-hmm. Friday night, all old Bravo stuff. I mean, when we were, there's an age where you're like 13 to like 17, where unless your friends are having a party, you're, yeah. you're, you're kind of stuck at home on a Friday night, but you're an adult mm-hmm. and you would like to uh, like, yeah do something slightly adult yeah and yeah that's that's the nice thing about cable movies is because yeah you know we always play the the more adult stuff starting at like 9 p.m mm-hmm. so yeah the it's i do feel bad i wonder if kids get that you know and and hopefully i mean <laughs> we're like six dollars so yeah. uh uh <laughs> hopefully they can get it if they want and yeah that's the nice thing about the free preview because i remember when i was a kid all the movie channels becoming free, right? Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, there'd be a month. Yeah. And I would just <laughs> And you just like gorge, them. right? Yeah, and, then totally. like, and if you set the VCR wrong, you're like, oh! Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing that we always say is like, uh, you know, it's a one-month free preview, but if you've got a PVR, maybe you can uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> keep a couple of those movies for a little while. Yeah. That's the nice thing, yeah. And yeah, all the movies, too, are uncut, right? Like, mm. there's no commercials, there's no nothing. Yeah. Uh, all the movies are uncut. We also strive as much as possible to get kind of the most definitive cuts of movies uh whether it's a director's cut or um special editions this superman anniversary we're also premiering for the first time the new 2k version of it so it's been glossied up a bit mm-hmm. um yeah we're, we're always trying to like strive to find what is the definitive version that fans want especially um yeah because that's our most vocal people are the people that care the most about like yeah, how long is this? Which version? We have, uh, we're showing, for instance, the 54 Stars Born, uh, and that movie famously was chopped up, but we have a nice version where the missing scenes have been recreated with film stills and audio. So, like, you are getting what the ideal version of it is, no matter how it's been sort of mutilated and in <laughs> over time that was like similar like the richard donner cut for superman mm-hmm. 2 like yeah. there was a couple of storyboards in the middle of like this is what would have happened here yes <laughs> yeah yeah no it's and i mean that's that's always important superman's actually fascinating I, I just found out there's another cut that they made for tv on abc where there's 30 minutes of footage that is in neither the donner <laughs> wow. nor the one we've seen so it's like and that cut just yeah i guess it aired on tv and mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody probably has it on vhs but yeah, there's there's also always fascinating stuff like that. Little cuts. I mean, famously, the director's cut of uh, Blood Simple mm-hmm. is shorter, <laughs> which is crazy. It's like the only director's cut where they cut a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. Very interesting to learn all that stuff. All right, cool. So as I said, Hollywood Suite will be running free previews from December 1st to January 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you online and find uh, Hollywood Suite as well, see what uh, all the action is? Yeah, uh, hollywoodsuite.ca is the best place to figure it out. It's also a good place if you're looking for where it is on your cable provider. You can find it on the website. Cause, yeah, this is across Canada, right? It's across Canada, yeah. Pretty much any c- cable provider, you're going to be able to find it on free preview. Me personally, you can see me at Camfess on Twitter. It's like Confess with a cam. And then at Hollywood Suite on Twitter as well. All, all our social media, really. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We try to post little facts and photos from movies. So if you like old movies, it's a pretty good follow. And you'll be, will we see your face in between some oh of yeah. the Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you'll preview? see me talking about stuff. Uh, I don't even know.
even know uh, Brian De Palma's body double. I talk about Robert Altman, uh, all sorts of little little strange things. And definitely, yeah, if if you follow us on our socials, you'll <laughs> you'll get sick of me. All right, cool. <laughs> Uh, that's something else for the audience to look forward to. Superman <laughs> and getting sick of you. Yeah. So <laughs> there we go. So thank you, Cam, for coming in. We covered a lot. Yeah. We covered like 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. No, that's great. Right? Thanks so for having me. Uh, so yeah, my name's Sammy. You can follow me on the Twitter at my pal Sammy. Thanks, Cam. <laughs>